Okay, so let's pick up where, from where we left off. Last week we were discussing the Mahalach of Echsam Sefer. The Echsam Sefer was coming to explain the principle of Shavyan of Sheikh Atichid Yisura. And that principle, he wanted to say, worked with Taurus Neder. And we explained that it wasn't a normative form of Neder. There's no language of Hariyat Asralai. There's no Hadfasa, Kehektish. It was a new form of Neder that's built off of the Metzias, which you're giving testimony about. So the same way if a person makes a claim, like the Trubas Marik said, that this person checked it incorrectly, he therefore donned whether or not that was a neder regarding eating from his meat in the future. So, so too, there's a discussion regarding our case. The guy says, Pesach Pesuach, maybe that is also a similar form of neder that we take into account that which is implicit in his words, even if it's not explicit in his words. That we said doesn't fit into the world of Rashi. And at this point, we're going to now exp- uh, explore different options of what the concept of Shavya Nafshei could be and how that applies to our sugya. So we're going to start off today with the Ketzeis. This is the most famous Ketzeis in the whole Sefer. Um, we're not going to see the whole thing together because it's all not relevant to us. But I bolded parts of it um, on the source sheet in Source 1. So we're going to read together the bolded parts. The rest of it is for sure worthwhile to see on your, by yourself. But we're not going to read it together. So now let's let's go. So the Ketzei starts off with a Chakiro. He says as follows. The, the, the discussion is whether a person who takes money in order to give testimony in court, is he puzzle midereisa or midereabonon? That's going to be the suffix of the Gemara. So says the Ketzei, B'tshuvah's Mariba Neiv, Nestapik imnitus chalahid puzzle midereisa, midereabonon aminatero. Appears a doubt, the Mariba Neiv has a question whether or not a person who gets payment for giving testimony is only negated as a as an aid. They view the suffix as a suffix in the shop. So now, in order to go ahead and determine this first suffix, he now brings into account a second suffix. What's that second suffix? That Nagea the puzzle. There's a concept called Nagea. Nagea is a person who literally means he has a vested interest. So a person who has an vested interest in a testimony, we now have a doubt. What's the reason why he's not good? Maybe the reason why a person who has a vested interest can't give testimony in that which he has an interest about is because we're afraid that he's going to lie. Inasmuch as he is going to gain from the testimony that he gives, so even though there's an Issa de Raisa of giving false testimony, it made the Big Ten, or the Ten Commandments, he can't be made checker. But maybe, you know, the <laughs> a few bucks, maybe a lot of bucks, we can go ahead and make someone transgress a prohibition. Is that our concern? And in Cain, if that's true, If an Ogeya is puzzle because we're concerned that he's going to lie for a monetary gain, then similarly, if a person's getting paid, there's not, uh, that's the epitome of getting a monetary gain for giving testimony. And therefore, we'd also be concerned that he's going to lie for getting payment. And therefore, that would be proof that would be a That's side number one. There's another way, though. We could explain that the reason why a person who's an Ogeya isn't able to give testimony is because when you're giving testimony something regarding yourself, therefore, you're your own relative. We know that a person can give testimony about a relative. 
The basic understanding is, is that you don't have an objective perspective of what occurs. You're always going to have a skewed perception of reality that puts your relative in a better light than maybe objectively they are in. So if that's true about a relative, so then says the Svaro, the Svaro we see used many different places in Shas, that there's a concept called the Odom Karv that a person is closer, your closest family member, your closest relative is yourself. And therefore, if the whole psul no geya, the psul of a person with a vested interest, is because you're your own relative, you have a skewed perception of reality, of a in the meshaker, but we have no concern whatsoever that you're going to lie. Who's going to lie in based in? How could it be such a thing? Im if that's true, then If a person gets paid to give testimony, midiraisa, that would work, and the whole chashash is only a dinder abonon. Vayinsham devorav anechmodim betshuvos nafnon amud beiz. And that was the Mariba Nevs Chakiro regarding what's the psul of a Nutzchal Ahayid. And he wants to make this dependent on the Chakiro of whether or not a Nageya is possible because you're going to a Chashash Meshaker or it's a psul Deraisa because of Adam Nageya, because Adam Karav Etel Atzme. Now, the Ketzeis wants to prove one way. So says the Ketzeis, the Fianias Taitinira. In my humble opinion, it seems, like the second stance, that a person who gets paid to give testimony, is kosher for edis, and the hope is only derabanan. And I can bring you a proof from it. Now, in the fourth perk in Ksubis, there's a discussion about the concept of a mitzi shemro. And over there it says, that a person is only chayiv for being a mitzvah shemro. A mitzvah shemro, the din is, is lo yuchel eshelchel koyomov, and he has to be mashal meknas, right? So that din is only true, according to Rabbi Yehuda, achi yaskar edim, until you hire edim to give this testimony. Now, ask the Gemara, my time at Rabbi Yehuda, what's the logic behind Rabbi Yehuda's stance? I'm Rabbi Yehuda, ose sima sima, gzeir shava of sima sima. What's the gzeir shava? That it says, it says regarding the Mitzvah right? He placed upon her, right? He placed upon her uh, a false testimony, a libel. And it says regarding, in Parshat Mishpatim, regarding charging someone with interest, you shouldn't place upon him interest. It's the same way when it comes to interest. The sima, the placement, means a monetary obligation. Afkan, so too, when it says v'sam law, that he placed upon her a libel. Afkan mamun, that sima, that placement of a libel, was through a payment of money. V'ksiv basrei. And then continues the ketzer. So number one, according to the Yehuda, the reason that you're only going to be chayev is because of gzir shavah sima sima. V'ksiv basrei. And according to the, it says the ketzer, that it says after that pasuk, Vim emis haya hadavar, but if it was true that she really cheated on him, then they'll bring out the lady from her father's house and stone her. Mm-hmm. Now, the assumption that the Ksiris is making is that we don't have two different cases of whether of the type of Adis that was given. The Adis either way was an Adis given that the Adam were paid. And the question is, was it an emis haya davar or not? But if it was MS, even if they were paid, says the Ketzeris, we'll still take her out to stone. That's even though they took money to give testimony. 
And even though it was true, meaning to say that we didn't find Edim to be Mazim, to count to refute the Edis of the first group of Edim, what does it mean if Farshu they spread out the sheet, Levara to clarify the veracity of the first group of Edim through Ede Hazama. But if it was true, based off the testimony of the witnesses, there was no one to refute them, then they'll stone her. So we could derive from here, even though the husband paid for witnesses to come and give testimony, obviously the assumption is that they paid not to lie, they paid to get there, to you know take off work, whatever it was. So even though he paid them, he paid them with money. Nonetheless, the Torah validates the testimony. So it comes along the Ktsis, and he says, I can prove to you that the whole psul of being paid to give testimony is only a psul de Rabbanon. Because in the case of Mitzi Shemra, it has to be that they were paid and were paid according to Rabbi Yehuda, and nonetheless, Midaraisa, their Edis is Kshayra. So we see that a person who's getting paid is only a psul de Rabbanon, not a psul de Raisa. And that being true, then the whole psul nogeya, according to the Chakira of the Mariban Leiv, is a psul because of Adam Karav who asthma. The person is, when it comes to testifying about his relatives, and all the more so himself, as a skewed perception of reality. That's what we've seen up until now in the Ketzis. Now, we're going to skip this whole interview. We discuss these different topics within there which are relevant to this, obviously. Now, like this. We know there's a concept that a person is regarded also regarding himself. So it comes along the Ketzis and says, if a person wants to give testimony regarding things about himself, that we know right from the Parsha of, let's say, Mudebemekzas, that if a person, Ruvain, gives Shimon a loan, Ruvain now wants to come collect the loan from Shimon, and Ruvain says that you owe me $100. I lent you $100, pay me back the $100. And Shimon says, what are you talking about? I don't need $100, I only borrowed 50 That's called the Medebemekzas. There, the halacha is that Shimon, who is the borrower, either has to pay all 100 or he can take a shvua that says he only is high 50 and that'll exempt him from the rest. The reason is because we believe Shimon regarding himself, right? And therefore, since we believe Shimon regarding himself, he's able to create an amonus regarding himself that he only owes 50. Asher Yoimir Kihu says, a pasuk, that, we, that this concept is true, as long as he takes a shvua as a means to verify and validate his claim, then as an Eid Echod, as a single witness, without any kind of shtar, then the lender can't go ahead and force Shimon to pay him money. So that's a concept that a person's believed regarding himself. So now, it seems, the fact that a person's believed regarding certain halachas for himself, so the Ketis is Akasha, we just got finished saying that the hope psul nogeya, which is a psul says, because Adam Karavetz al-Atzmo, and he has, a, he has a skewed perception of reality in his interest. So how could it be believed that he's regarding himself, regarding certain dinim that we do believe him? Says the Ketis, because this is a pasuk, and the pasuk teaches us that anything which is a psul, anything which is negative regarding himself, anything which is going to be something which is detrimental to himself, then a person is believed regarding himself about. 
And it was already illuminated in our eyes, the light of the world, Rashi. That when a person gives admits regarding a monetary matter that he's obligated to someone else, the Gemara there says that's tantamount to a hundred witnesses, meaning to say it's ironclad, we have no doubt whatsoever, and that establishes a chayv. How do we know that? So Rashi comes along and brings a source. He quotes the Pasuk from that he has a, a believability in Emonis regarding his financial debt. He's placing himself in debt. He could have said, you know what? Who are you proving? You're saying I owe you $100. You don't have a star. You don't have witnesses. I tell you, I don't owe you anything. Nothing. And then, if he claimed he was Kaifa Bakol, he said he didn't owe any money, then Ruvain would have been tough luck. He wouldn't have had anything whatsoever. So the whole reason that Shimon has to pay any money is because he's admitting that there was a loan. That admittance is a detriment to us, and that the, the Torah says that we believe him in that regard. Vim and if that's true, the same way that the Torah gave believability to two witnesses on other people, so too the Torah gave believability to an individual about himself. Even though he's his own relative. Because the whole psul of a karav, of being a relative, is regarding other people. But regarding himself, he's believed. And that which is not true when he's coming to testify about something which serves to his benefit. Every time it's the schus, what do you mean the schus? That I get money. Why do I get money? Because someone else loses. So anytime it's something serving to my benefit, so then I'm not believed. Because there, that's not just regarding myself anymore. Therefore, Mishum Hachi in a Ne'emon. That's why the Torah limited his Ne'emonis. The Torah says he's only Ne'emon L'choiv because L'choiv is the only time where it's only directly pertinent to him. That's an unbelievably said that the Ketzeis is saying. So according to the Ketzeis, a person has a real name on us, a person comes to Beistin, and he says, I owe my friend $50. We believe him. We believe him out of safe. It's like two Adam came along and said that Shimon owns Reuven, $100. If Shimon says it, or if two Adam come along and say it, it's the same exact believability in the eyes of Beistin. There's just a limitation that if Shimon was to say, Ruvin owes me $100, that Shimon can't do. Because Shimon can't obligate someone else. He can't cause a loss to someone else. But if Tuatim came and said that Ruvin owes Shimon $100, that was fine. That's the distinction here. Now continues the Shach, Reish Simen Lamed Zayin. And there, the Shach says, Neschabit Gan came with He also struggled with this. Whether for the reason why a person's believed and based in in order to cause himself a loss, and this is the language of the Shach, in a place where he has benefit, and he's considered like he has a vested interest, he's considered like a relative, and therefore we don't believe him. But whenever it's going to serve to his detriment, then then he's not doesn't have a vested interest. He's not considered like a relative. So now, comes along the Ksais and talks about the Shach. I don't know why they were struggling more with the Psul of Korov, of a relative, more than any different type of way to become negated as an, as a, as an aid. Because granted, he's not an 
a call of a relative regarding himself in order to cause a debt, to cause a loss, nonetheless, he's only one aid. And the Torah says, For every Dine Mominus, we know it's a Pasuk, you need to aid him. And furthermore, when it comes to people who are be'etzem psule edus, whether it be an eved or a shivcha, they're not their own domain. A gazlan is psule edus. So there, nonetheless, even though all psule edus, haydalas baldin kamei edim dami. Nonetheless, there's a din called a baldin that applies to them as well. All psule edus. Elamai zoktik tzei said that ikar atamik umeshik safti. The reasons, like I said, that Torah they pasta ela psulin alachirim. The whole concept of psule edus is only relevant to other people. Avala atzmei when it comes to himself. The Torah believes him, and he gives him believability like a hundred Adam. And we derive that from a pasuk from a made of a mechtas. And this is the clarity of the sugya. That's the clarity of the institution. So it's clear that the concept of a dos baldin of a person creating himself a debt works because he's believed the same way to Adam are believed, and it's a limited belief. Only regarding as personal detriment. Now, continues the Ktsais, and this is where it gets very interesting for us. Now, says the Ktsais, there are some people who wrote that the concept of Shavian Afshei is based off the concept of Neder. But I saw in the Chuvas Maharit, that pushed aside this explanation because of Dimahayamitaras Neda. And he wrote there that if the whole concept of Shavya Nafshei was it worked as a as a neder, you could be shown on a neder, you can be matter a neder. And yet when it comes to Shavya Nafshei, you can't be matter a Shavya Nafshei. So says the Maharit, it can't be that Shavya Nafshei works me the neder. Comes along the Ketzeis and says, But according to what I'm telling you, I, the Ketzeis, that every individual has a personal ne'emonis, that the Torah believes him, that based believes him, as an Eid Echad regarding himself, anytime it's for his own detriment, then, Comes along the Ketzeis and says that Shavya Nafshei is a personal, as a, 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 a testimony, an edis about yourself, in a detriment outside of the world of Mammon. It's in the world of Isser. And the cave and the heaven Torah, the Kol Adam al And since the Torah gave you believability on each individual, on, on himself, in Cain, if that's true, being bin Mammon, being be Isser, whether we're talking about Mammonis, and now the Chidish of the Ketzei says, even if we're talking about Isser, then a person's always going to believe regarding his own testimony. So if that's true, we have an unbelievable concept. Comes along the Ketzeis and says that the Yisrael, the principle of Shavian of Sheikh Atichid is a real Nehemonis. You have an Eidus and based in. And that Eidus we accept. Ah, you're an Eid Echod. An Eid Echod is impossible regarding himself. So there, comes along the Ketzeis and says, every Shavian of Sheikh works me din, Hedos Baldin. It works me din, a Nehemonis and based in. Now, that's a beautiful, beautiful Pshat in Shavian of now that being said, even if that's a beautiful pshat and shaliyam nashei, does that work in our Rashi? Does that work in our Rashi? Could we explain Rashi learning shaliyam nashei al derech l'kitzes? So now, I would say that this absolutely 
does not work in the world of Rashi. And I'm going to explain the most basic, basic reason why not. So, we know our favorite question. The Gemara says, The reason Rabbi Lezer needs uh, to say a b'risa, even though we have a Mishnah in Kedushan on Samachay, the reason he needs to say the b'risa is because we wouldn't have known that over here he's Kimlei. Then Kamash Malon. We were Medayik and Rashi that the Kamash Malon is that, that even though even though he's not a Bucky, even though the Chassan is not a Bucky in Pesach Pesuach, nonetheless he can create an Isser. Nonetheless he can create an Isser. That means we know he doesn't know what he's talking about, and nonetheless he can create an Isser. Now, let's make a basic Cheshbin here. If I come in to court, and I tell court my medical opinion about a certain case, is court going to believe me? The case is going to be regarding myself. It's not regarding other people. Is the court going to accept my my testimony regarding my own medical opinion about what occurred? The court will look at me. They'll say, Rabid, you never spent one day in medical school. You never took a biology class in college. What gives you the right to give testimony about medical issues and they'll laugh at me so if the Yisraelis that Beistin believes you it seems Pashat to me Mamish Pashat that there's no way in the world that the Ketzeris could be the explanation of Rashi because in the world of Rashi the guy's not a Bucky so why would Beistin accept his testimony now besides that Rashi never expresses the concept that Beistin believes him what does Rashi stress so if we look in Rashi, Rashi says, It's clear to him. So I would say, very nice, it's clear to him. But in the world of the Ketzis, what do we need? We need that it's clear to Beistin. Rashi reiterates this later on, at the end of the Amad, it says, The last line, Rashi says, It's clear to him she was Nevelis. Who cares about him? Nochamul. If the Yisrael is that Bastin has to believe you, and you have an Ammonis and Bastin to create a real Isser regarding yourself, then Bastin has to believe you. Who cares if it's Brurulo and Aprurulo? So I would say that in the world of Rashi, the Ketzis doesn't work. But let's not forget, we have a Tosfis. Tosfis and Avbezim and Aleph says the Kamashmulan of Argamara is that he's Kimle. He knows what he's talking about. And the whole Yisrael of Rabbi Elazar is to teach me that even though this guy is a Bacher and he was never intimate with a girl his whole life, nonetheless, regarding the claim of Pesach Pesuach, that's something which is easily discernible. It's ready to discernible even to a person who never, ever was intimate with a lady. If that's true, that he's really Kimle. So if he's Kimle, then I can understand that we're discussing here a real Ne'emanus. That Beistin believes you. And the Chiddush is that we needed to say that he was Kimle. Because if he wasn't Kimle regarding his claim of Pesach Pesuach, Beistin never would have believed him. So even though this principle of the Ketzeis is not going to work in Rashi, regarding Tosfis, this is a very Geshmak Pshat. This could be Pshat. And Tosfis is understanding of Shavya Nafshei. That being said, so what's going to be Pshat with Rashi? So there's a Sefer. The Sefer is called the Chumas Akri. The Chumas Akri is the son-in-law of the Ketzeis in the old Ketzeisen, before Dimitrovsky put out the, the Ketzeis, they used to put the Truma Sakri in the back. It was based off Simonim. 
So I didn't bring it to you on the source sheet, primarily because I don't have it. I, I don't think I find it on my uh, Barilan. Could be it is on Barilan. I don't know. I didn't spend so much time looking with it, and I'm not so great with it. But I didn't find it. I don't remember finding it on my Barilan. But also, it's a very, very long tshuva. But there he writes in Seven Aleph a different principle of Shavian Afshei, and this maybe could be Prat Rashi. So it's not the Trimus Akri that the Asayid of Shavian Afshei isn't that you have an Ammonis in Bastin. And in a certain way, I'm saying that's, uh, that's empirical. We could, uh, why would we believe you, right? You don't, you're not, you don't know, you're not a Bucky. Uh, why would, right? Obviously, we don't believe you. So I, so if we don't believe you, so why is that creating Isser? So the Trumas Akri says something unbelievable. The Trumas Akri says that Bastin will hold a person responsible for their own truisms. So inasmuch as the chassan believes that he's Aser, he believes that she was a Pesach Pesuach, the Mbastin will say that, oh, you believe she's Pesach Pesuach? Now we're going to hold you accountable for it. Now we're going to make you keep true to your own reality. Your reality is she's a Pesach Pesuach? Now you're Chayev. And that's why Rashi keeps reiterating, I was this that's your reality. We're going to hold you to it. It's Brurelo. It's Boreloi that she was a she was a Pesach Pesuach. So now Mamele that suffices to create a Shavian Afshei, but not enough to be Mafsedok Suba, and that makes sense because it was a real Nemanis and Bastin to be Mafsedok Suba that you can't do, that you can't do that. You're not Bastin doesn't believe you, but Bastin believes that you believe it. So regarding Issa, they hold you to it. Regarding the Ktsis, you believed. So why not be Mafsedok Suba? You can't be master of Ksuba because that's already Chavda Achrini. And therefore, you're only Neman, the Gzeus HaKasuv, Vashayemir Kiyuzeh is only speaking when it's your own detriment. But to be master of Ksuba, that's your gain. You're not Neman, Lagabi Achirim, that the Torah demands, Al Pishnei Edim Yalkum Dover, you need to aid him. That doesn't work. That's a very, very Gishmak Pshat in the Machlikas Rashi Tesis. So when the guards to Rashi were going to come out in the, the, the Maskana, that the principle of Shavin Afshei is Alderech Lechumas Akri, that Bistin makes you hold true to your own reality, inasmuch as you really believe it. And the world of Tesvis had learned that the Kamash is Kimlein, is Taka Abaki in Pesach Pesuach, then the Yisid of Shavian Afshei is going to be Alderech Lechumas that you have an M on us. That's going to be our understanding of the principle of Shavin Afshei. That being said, let's go weiter. We have here uh, a Tesvis in Divra Maschel HaOimer. Tesis is coming to define what's it mean that a person doesn't have a tainus damim, right? So he brings Rashi first and says that the whole concept of Pesach Pesuach and the husband making a claim is only when there's no tainus damim, and that's either because they lost the sheet from the night, so they can't tell if there was blood on it, or she's from a special family, Mishpachas Dorkati, and therefore since she's from this family, they don't have dam besulim whatsoever. He brings then a Rabbeinu Hananel. The Rabbeinu Hananel has a whole different approach he wants to claim that when it comes to Begeras and Mukas Eitz, they don't have dam. Right? The Gemara says, we'll see later on in Tesis, that when it comes to Begeras, it's Kala Besuleha, that she doesn't have dam Besulim, and that in Mukas Eitz, a girl who got an injury, so she'll lose her dam of her Besulim. But nonetheless, according to Ben Hananel, there's still a claim of Pesach Besuach. So it seems like the fact that a lady's um, the cavity to a lady's private area is being open or closed, according to Beinu Hananel, is not dependent on whether or not there she has blood, she has not besulin. It's obviously in direct contrast to Rashi. And the reason Beinu Hananel says this is quite straightforward, because here we have a case of Pesach Pasuach, 
And the fact that there might be a tiny stem and not is not discussed in the Gemara. Why isn't it discussed in the Gemara? So according to the Bein Hanan, that's very straightforward. Because the dam has nothing to do with the Pesach. It could be there's no dam whatsoever. And nonetheless, there's still a legitimate claim of Pesach Pesach Matzalsi. The, the Pesach should have been Salsam. It was in the world of Rashi. Rashi has to make a, an incredible kimta. That the whole Sugi is only talking about a case where there was a, the hotel already washed the sheets so that the, she's of a special lineage. But without that, then there's actually no significance whatsoever to the claim of Tainus Basulim. So that's already a big revach in the Rabbeinu Hananel and two different approaches of what's going on here regarding a Tainus Basulim. So there's a few questions that we're just going to ask. We're not going to read the, te- the tests inside, but like this. Number one is that we know that we're Tayla Dam Basulim, if a lady is consummates her marriage, all the blood she sees the first night of a marriage that's explicit, we blaze that of being dumbasulim. And we don't say it's damnidus. Now we have a serious question. According to Rabbi Hananel, so you can have a Pesach Sassum with absolutely no dumbasulim. So if you can have a Pesach Sassum with no dumbasulim, so how could we go ahead then and say all the blood that's coming out is dumbasulim? Maybe it's damnidus and she's taka asura. So how could we go ahead and blame that? On being Dan Basulim, if having a Pesach Sassim doesn't necessitate Dan Basulim. So this question the Marshal asks, and the Marshal says that really the whole concept of Dan is not Shkiach except Bishas Vesta. And since it's not Shkiach El Bishas Vesta, then the Pashtis is still going to be that we blame that on the fact that she has Dan Basulim. That's the, the Marshal's Pasha to Teretz and. Uh, it's not, it's not behechrich, but it's, a, it's, you know, it's an understanding at least. Now, that was one question in the world of the Rach. There's now a question in the world of Rashi, based off the Gemara that Tesa quotes in the end. Tesa quotes the Gemara Yavamas, that a begeris is kala meaning to say that a begeris, once a lady becomes 12 years and one day old, 12 years, 6 months and one day old, so then she loses, the, she loses her besulim. If that's true, then we have a serious question on Rashi, that if a begeris always has dam besulim, how does Rashi understand the Gemara? Although the Gemara says that a begeris is kala besulel. What do you mean a begeris is kala besulel? According to Rashi, she loves dam besulim. He doesn't learn like the, the Beinu Chananel. So the Ran here I brought for you says a pshat that according to the Ran, the understanding of kala means that she, let's say he consummates a marriage and he forgot to check whether there was blood there or not. So he has no claim clapi the damim because of his lack of investigation. But he felt that it was a Pesach Pesuach. So that, the Ran says, that's what the Gemara means according to Rashi. That if a person negates to pay attention to whether or not there was Dam Besulim, and the whole Taina is only coming from that which he felt like there was a Pesach Pesuach, once she's a Begeris, that Taina doesn't have any veracity in and of itself. Because it says the Ran that once a girl grows up, so the Pesach of her, of her Makam Erva opens up, it becomes wider. And therefore it can seem to him like it's a Pesach Pesuach, even though she's actually a virgin. And therefore that's how Rashi would understand that Kalu Besalel means it, you lost the right to make a claim of Pesach Pesuach when you're disregarding the Tainas Tavim. So that would be the understanding of the two Rishenim. The Ikkers to here have clear what's the Yisrael, how is it Shaykh HaPesach Pesuach, 
According to Rashi, it's because we're talking about an exception where there's no Tainas Tamim. And according to Rabbi Nechananel, we can distinguish and separate the Tainas Tamim from the Tainas Pesach Pesach Metzalsi. This is going to be very relevant regarding other discussions we have later on, so that's why I want to stress it now. Alright, so I want to see the next Tesis. Here, the next Tesis is a very small Tesis, but this Tesis is like one of the most fundamental Tesis in Shas. It's a fundamental Tesis regarding our understanding of how Chazakas work. And we're going to spend some time on this now. So let's, let's do this one step at a time. We'll take it slow. Let's not forget, we're in the middle of a sugya. We have a b'raisa, Rabbi Lazar Umar, Pesach, Pesuch, Matzosi, Neman, the Israelov. And the Gemara is a sveik sveika. And the Gemara establishes the b'raisa of Rabbi Lazar in two places. Either we're talking about an Ishas Koyin, and the whole suffix is Tachtav or Tachtav. Or we're talking about a girl whose father was Makabla, the Kedushan, Pchusim, Bas Gimel. Therefore, we know it had to be Tachtav, and the whole suffix is Unis and Ratzon. So now, this is a kasha here in the Vemaschaloy Tzvich of Eishas Koyin. Vim toimar v'nukma echezkoso shikshiru de kuhuno v'nima delav tachtav zinsa. Maybe with this first the words, maybe we should establish her on her chazaka that she's kshiru de kuhuno. And now that we said that she's kshiru de kuhuno, that should reveal to us that it was lav tachtav that she remains kshiru de kuhuno. Now, what's that mean? So there's a concept called Chazaka. A Chazaka, in the most basic sense, means that we keep the status quo. That we go ahead and say that we don't, we, something, we knew a certain fact. We knew that this girl, from the moment she was born, was a Ksheri Kahuna. Now, we know something happened. What happened? She had, you know, got married, and now her husband makes a claim, Pesach Pesuch Matzasi. So we know she was Kshir the Kahuna, something happened, and if it happened Tachtav, so then now she's not Kshir the Kahuna anymore. So what do we know Vadai? We know Vadai that at one point she was Kshir the Kahuna, and we're not sure if that changed. So the concept of Chazaka is that in as much as you don't know if that changed or didn't change, so then keep the status quo. The status quo is that she's still Kshir the Kahuna. And now that we still know that she's Kshir the Kahuna, that will reveal to us that it was Eino Tachtav. And since it was Eino Tachtav, she's still Muteris to her husband. So Tesis has a Bam Kasha. How can the Gemara say, we're discussing in Eishas Kahin, in Rabbi Elazar, that he can make her Asr? Hello, she has a Cheskas Kashras. And inasmuch as she's a Cheskas Kashras, the Cheskas Kashras should tell us that it was Eino Tachtav and still be Muteris. So how could Rabbi Elazar say, how could the Gemara say that Rabbi Elazar is talking about an Isha's coin, an Isha's coin should be muteres, because she has a hecheskas kshir the kahuna. That's Tursus' question. Tursus' answers, v'yishleimar, we could answer, we could say, da'adarabba, just the opposite, eislan the meimar, we should say, da'hashta nivalo, that she had relations right now, when she was already married, du'ukma acheskas haguf, because we should establish on her cheskas aguf that she was a virgin. Now, what what do the words mean? The words mean here that the same way that she has a cheskas kasha when she's born, she has something called a cheskas aguf. What's a cheskas aguf? A cheskas aguf is that there's a known status, a known physical status. So when a girl is born, she's born a virgin. Now, if she's born a virgin, so if he's making a claim of pesach pesuach matzosi. So when did she lose her virginity? When did she lose it? So in reality, 
The answer is we actually have no idea. How are we supposed to know that, right? She's not telling us. She's not talking. And maybe she is talking. She's not telling us the truth. We have no idea. We have no way to know. And yet, we have a concept called Chazaka. So what's the Chazaka? The Chazaka is, you know something is to be true. What do you know to be true? You know for sure she was a virgin. How do I know? Because she was born. And therefore, we know for sure she was a virgin. The Cheska Saguf tells us, you should assume that she remains a virgin for the longest possible time. So, if you know that she was a virgin when she was born, so you know that then you should assume that that didn't change until it had to change. So it didn't have to change. So when she's at the wedding hall already, you know she didn't lose her virginity. But right before that, the latest possible time, the latest possible time is already after Erison. If it's already after Erison, so it's Tachtav. So what's Tis's answer? Tis's answer is, we don't establish our Nechizkas Kashrus, that would matter her, rather we establish our Nechizkas Aguf, and that creates an Issa. So now, one Ha'ara, and one question, and this question is going to build a major Yisait. The Ha'ara is, that it comes out, that when we learned this Gemara originally, before Tesis, if I asked you, Pesach Pesuch is that Iser Beteris Suffolk or Beteris Vadai? The fact that an Isha's coin is a Sura because of a claim of Shavya Nafshei, did the Shavya Nafshei work because it's a Suffolk Deraisa or because it's an Iser Vadai Midaraisa? So before this thesis, I would have said it's a Suffolk Deraisa. We have a Suffolk, Tachtav, Suffolk, and a Tachtav. And here we don't have a Sveik Sveik to allow it. If we don't have a Sveik Sveik to allow it, so then nothing doing. Right? She's Aser, Suffolk Deraisa the Chumra. According to thesis, it's not true. According to the Tesvis, when the Torah says, when the Gemara says that she's an Isha's coin and therefore a Surah, the reason she's a Surah is Beteris Vadei, because the Cheska Saguf told us that it happened Tachtav. It happened Tachtav, then she's also Beteris Vadei. The Cheska Saguf reveals to us that she's a Surah, Beteris Vadei. That's the Cheska Saguf. That's Ha'ara. Now, the Shaila is very good. You have the Cheska Sakashus and you have the Cheska Saguf. So you have two Chazakas which are going up against each other. Tesis comes along and says, Adarabah, just the opposite. Don't establish on the Cheskas Kashus. You should establish on the Cheskas Aguf. What's the preference of the Cheskas Aguf, of the Cheskas Kashus? If either way, at the end of the day, the Chazakas was going ahead and determining her status, why is there a preference for one Chazak over the other? Either way, we don't know in reality what occurred. Chazak is one of the Kholi Sveikas, and it tells us how to relate to a situation of doubt. And the doubt's still very, very real. So why is one form of, of addressing the doubt preferable and stronger form of Akhrol than the other one? That's going to be a serious question we're going to have to deal with in Mitzvah Hashem. And for that, we have to see this piece in Rib Shimon. Rib Shimon starts off in Shara in the beginning of Shabbat, 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 Chazakas. Here it's on source number four. And he says a principle. The principle is as follows. He says that when it comes to a cheskas hadin, a cheskas hadin is a chazaka which is based off halacha, versus a cheskas haguf, a cheskas haguf is a physical chazaka. He says that the cheskas haguf is more important, it's more of a legitimate way, it's more of an accurate way of answering the question, because his language is that the cheskas haguf deals with the makor hasafik. It deals with the root of the doubt, the root of the issue. Yeah, his language is the din chazakas hamachrias yosa hu kshe machrimas makor hasafik. The 
the Chazaka operates in a more functional way when the Chazaka addresses the reason why we have a doubt as opposed to the halacha of the doubt. And let's explain this. So I'm going to talk about two different examples that he brings up, and then we're going to reapply it to our case. The first case is a case of a mikvah. I'll tell you a story as follows. There's a person who's tummy. He, was, uh, he touched a dead lizard, he's tummy sharets, and now he has to go to the mikvah. Now, the mikvah that he went to was checked in the morning, at 5 o'clock in the morning, by the mikvah attendant. And we know that in order to be a kosher mikvah, you have to have 40 saw that's not mayim shuvim, that's to be mayim chayim, and that's to be mayim that was mikvah water and not drawn water. Now, when the mikvah attendant checked that morning at 5 o'clock, there was more than arbayim saw of mayim of mayim. There was more than arbayim saw. Now, that was at 5 o'clock. At 9 o'clock in the morning, comes along our friend, Ruvain, who was playing with the dead sheretz, who was tamay sheretz, and he tables in the mikvah. At 12 o'clock, when they shut down the mikvah, because the last shachras starts at 12 o'clock, so that uh, no one is, uh, needs the mikvah after shachras ended, everyone who went already went for shachras, therefore they shut down at 12 o'clock, they see, lo and behold, the mikvah is less than 40 so. So now that means that there was, we started off with 40 saw, and we ended off with less than 40 saw. But our suffix now is that our dear friend Ruvain, who went into Toivel, because he played with the dead sharets, does he tell me a tahar? That's our question. So now, we have two different chazakas that speak regarding this question. One chazaka is the cheskas hadin of Ruvain. Ruvain, we know, had a cheskas tuma. We know that he played with a dead sheretz. Now, even though we know he played with a dead sheretz, that's clear to us, he now did a maisa tefillah. We have a suffix whether that tefillah worked or not, and that suffix is based off whether or not the rabbi himself still left in the mikvah when he tefilled. So the cheskas hadin, the cheskas kashras, here in our case is a cheskas tuma, and the cheskas tuma should tell us that the same way that we knew with certainty that he was tame when he went in, he remains tame even now that he came out. The Cheskas Adin would tell us that he remains tame, that the mikvah had already lost the water at 9 o'clock. That's one Chazaka that speaks here. The other Chazaka is the Cheskas Aguf of the mikvah. The mikvah we know had 40 saw. The mikvah had 40 saw. Now, we know it lost the 40 saw. Our doubt is when did it lose it? So the Cheskas Aguf would say it lost it at the latest possible time. So if they only checked it again at 12 o'clock, and he told you at 9 o'clock, then our assumption should be that it lost, you know, all of its water at 11.58, 11.59, at the latest possible time. If that's true, then at 9 o'clock it was still full. If it was still full at 9 o'clock, then he's Tahar. So we have two different Chazakas. The Cheskas Adin will tell us that he remains Tameh because he knew his Tameh. And the Cheskas Aguf will tell us that the mikvah was full and therefore he's, he becomes Tahar because the Cheskas Aguf is that the mikvah remained full. Now, what's our suffix here? So on one hand, our suffix is, is Ruvain Taharatame. Now, what's that dependent on? So what's dependent on is that when he went in this body of water, did it still have the din of mikvah or not? Now, what's that dependent on? That's dependent on how full it is. So now, if I could determine if it was full or not, <coughs> that will determine all of our doubts. So, if we're going to dis- ask, what's the root of our suffix? What's the makor ha-suffix? The makor ha-suffix is whether or not the mikvah was full. Now, which chazaka speaks to whether or not the mikvah was full is the cheskas aguf. 
So here, says Reb Shimon, the reason why the Cheska Saguf is going to determine that Reuven is Tahar is because the Cheska Saguf is the, what speaks to the Makar HaSafik. Let's see this in another example. You have a person who is a Sheikhit. Now, the person who's a Sheikhit checks his knife to make sure there's no blemishes because there's a blemish on the knife. So then when he shechs the animal, it's a nevela. It's not kshayr, it's a nevela. The animal's not edible. You have to shech the knife with the blade being smooth. Yeah, I'm sorry, you have to shech the animal with the blade being smooth. So now the sheikh had shechted some animals, and now he checks the knife. Now the knife was totally smooth. He now continues to shech an animal, and he shechs a few animals. And after he shechs a few animals, he now sees that his knife was blemished. It's not smooth anymore. So now we have a question then all the animals that he shechted between from when he checked the knife to now when he checked the knife again and found it blemished what's the halachic status of all those animals? And here again there's two sveikos which speak there's something called the cheskas haddin the cheskas haddin is that before he shechted these animals these animals were asr to eat why were they asr to eat? Because they were alive and we know that there's a biblical prohibition one of the sheva mitzvah is that it's asr to eat eva minachai you can't eat from a live animal. And since this animal is alive and the Cheskas Adin told us it's also to eat, so now when it was shechted and we have a suffix whether or not the blemish happened before the Shechita or after the Shechita, the Cheskas Adin will tell us the same way it was also to eat beforehand, it remains also to eat, and therefore it must be that the blemish happened beforehand. That's one Chazaka. Another Chazaka is the Cheskas Haguf of the knife. The knife, when you checked it, was not blemished. Ah, you shechted five animals, now you see again that it's blemished. So the Cheska Saguf will say, you should assume then that it only got blemished at the latest possible time. When's the latest possible time? It's after I finished shechting my fifth animal. Maybe after I finished the Shechita, I went a little too far, and I hit the spinal cord. And now that I hit the spine, that's when it's got its blemish. But when I hit the, t- the spine, I already had cut through the, the, the two simonim, the kon and the veshet. And therefore, since I already cut the two simonim, it was already a kosher shechita, and the, the knife only became blemished after the fact. So the cheskas aguf would tell me that all five of these animals are kosher. So we have a direct contradiction. The cheskas adin is going to tell me they're all aser, because since they were aser mishum eber minachai, they remain aser if we have a suffix. And the Cheskas Aguf will tell me that the knife was valid and the knife remained valid for as long as possible and therefore they're all Kshayla. Two mamish, totally different, you know, maskanas based off each individual Chazaka. So let's ask ourselves again. What's our suffix? Can I eat the animal? Good. Now what's that dependent on? Whether I did a Shechita. Now, what's that dependent on? Whether the knife that I used was intact or not intact. So which Chazaka addresses that issue? The only Chazaka that addresses that issue is the Cheskas Aguf. And therefore the Cheskas Aguf addresses the Makor HaSafik better than the Cheskas Din. So again, another example, how the Cheskas Aguf is going to address the Makor HaSafik, and that's why it's preferable, over the Cheskas Hadin. So that's true. Let's apply it to our case. We have a Suffolk here. We have a lady that was... that was... Uh, she was betrothed, yeah? She's betrothed to a Kohen. Now that she's betrothed to a Kohen, we know that from the time she was born, she was allowed to marry a Kohen. So now, an incident happened. She claims she was Pesach Pesuach. So now, good. Let's say we believe him, Pesach Pesuach, Ashavia Nafshei, 
He is believed he is an Ammonus in the world of Tesfis. We believe him. Very good. We believe you that she was Pesach Pesuach. Now what's that mean though? Maybe even though you know she was Pesach Pesuach, the Cheskas HaGuf should tell us that the same way that she was Muteris to the Kahuna before you open your mouth, from the moment she was born she was Muteris to the Kahuna, so so too she remains Muteris to the Kahuna. And now that that's true, you have a suffix, when the Pesach Pesuach happened, so the Cheskas HaDin will tell us that it happened before betrothal. And therefore she can remain Muteris to the Kahuna. That's the Cheskas HaDin. The Cheskas HaGuf is the opposite. The Cheskas HaGuf says, you know what, this girl was born a virgin. And you know what? Right now, we believe him. He's claiming she's not a virgin. If she's not a virgin, but she was born a virgin, so when did that change? The Cheskas HaGuf tells us that happened at the last possible time. If that happened at the last possible time, that means it happened after betrothal, and therefore that she's a Sura. So now we have a contradiction between the Cheskas HaDin and the Cheskas HaGuf. So now let's ask ourselves, what's our Shaila? Our Shaila is, can the Kohen remain married to this girl? Therefore, what that is dependent on is, did she have relations before or after betrothal? The only thing that addresses that directly is the Cheskas Aguf. The Cheskas Aguf says she lost her Basulim after betrothal. Therefore, the Cheskas Aguf is preferable. So the Shimon is basing his holiest seed that the Cheskas Aguf is a preferable form of Chazaka, a better form of Chazaka, a more accurate form of Chazaka over a Cheskas Adin, because the Cheskas Aguf is always going to address the Makara Safik more than the Cheskas Adin will. This is a seed that's gabbed from this Tesis. We're going to come back to this Tesis multiple times, especially once we start the next Tesis, Nibibus Eimah. But this is a fundamental tool that you have to bring with you for the rest of Shasim Yatashem. So now I want to go out of order here. I know that when I just went through a source five on the source sheet, I want to skip five, six, seven. We're going to maybe talk about that, maybe not. I don't know if we're going to have time for it today. It's all within the concept of six Veka, but the, the next source is eight through eleven are really relevant to this concept of a Cheskas Agufus, a Cheskas Kashos, and therefore I want to harp on that for right now. So I brought for you here a Gemara in Source 8. The Gemara is a Gemara Nida, and the Gemara is talking about this case of Mikvah, which is just discussed. And I want to have a certain sensitivity to the language the Gemara uses. Now the Gemara says as follows, it was taught in the Mishnah, Mikvah which was measured and was found out to be lacking the requisite amount of water in order for it to be kosher, all of the different acts of tahara, of purity that happened through it retroactively whether it happened in public domain, private domain all of them are tmeus they're all tamay why is that? says the Gemara because we have to establish the, the item which had a cheskas tumah we have to establish the item with the Cheskas Tuma to go ahead and retain that state of Tuma. And therefore we'll say everything is Tame. To that the, the Gemara says, Adarabah, just the opposite. Hemid mikval Just establish the mikvah on its Chazak, on its last known status, and say it was Lechaser. It's not like this. I want to make two diukim here. There are really one diuk, and I want to build the Yisrael after these two with this one diuk. The Gemara here expresses Adarabah. The Gemara says this in Adarabah. The Gemara could have said, What's the Adarabah? The Adarabah is a very strong word. Now, if we're going to look at our Gemara, our Tisvis, Mayas, 
when it says we should be mak, we should be mukim around a cheskas kashras the kahuna, and say it was lab tachtav. Tusa says the yishleima the adaraba. That same exact language. What's the adaraba? So the Achrinim do different things with this adaraba, and this is uh, something I want to draw out. But I want to make it clear that this is already mavusas in the in the Gemara. This adaraba. This is not just Tusas. This is a Gemara that's expressing this. So the most basic thing to say here is that Adaraba is teaching us that there's a Mahapecha in Svara. The Svara says, you have a Shaila. Your Shaila is, is the guy tell her or tell me? So if that's the question, then the most simple way to address that is talk about the Cheska Sadin. What's the Halacha? The Halacha is he's taller. The Halacha is he's Tomei. What was his last known status? Ah, he's a Cheska Stuma, so he's Tomei. In a certain way, that's almost like the, the Hashkaf Rishena. It's told, utilize the, the Chazaka, which is addressing the practical question that you have. To that, the Gemara responds, Adaraba. You want to go ahead? You want to address the Shaila? You have a Suffolk? Don't address the Halacha Shabo. Address the Shirish Suffolk. Address the Makora Suffolk. And the Adaraba, the whole concept of the, the, the Reb Shimin, is expressing the Chiddush of the Cheskas Aguf, trumping a Cheskas Adin, could be that change in Svara that's indicative through the through the actual language of the Gemara and the Adaraba. That's what the Gemara is suggesting. That's one way you can understand the concept of the Adaraba. Now, another way you could understand the Adaraba to Sefer's Kreich is that the Adaraba, you could have understood that the Koyach of the tells you that even though we're saying that you should be maimedit on the Cheskas Aguf, maybe that's still only Misafik. We should be Machmer Misafik. The Adaraba, this I this I heard from from Rufol Shmulevitz, the Rufol Shmulevitz, he said that the Adaraba is indicative of the fact that it's a Psat Bataris Vadai. And so even though we said this as Rav Pasha before, that the Kiddush of Tesis is that she's Vadai Aser, not a Safik Midaraisa, that's coming, Mikayach, the fact that Tesis expresses with just a certainty, it's an Adaraba. It's no establisher. It's not Bataris Safik, it's a Vadai. She, she is that. Now, on this on this Gemara of the Adaraba, I brought for you a Tisa Rosh. The Tisa Rosh says as follows: Mikol Makom, nonetheless, the Cheskas Mikva Odif, the status of the Mikva, the Cheskas Aguf is Odif as opposed to the Cheskas Tuma of the Mench. Why? Shaharei Atame We know the guy went into the Mikva. But what's our doubt? Even though he went into the mikvah, maybe it didn't do a good job. Why? Because maybe the mikvah was lacking water. And since we say establish the mikvah on its status, now the cheskas tamay is gone. So, in a certain way, what did the Tesis Rush say? This is a Rush Mamis is alluding to this principle of Reb Shimon. The Tzitzit Rosh is saying, even though we know that we could go ahead and say that we're Maimed the Tamei on Cheskas Tuma, he says that's really based on something, though. What's that based off of? That's based off of not whether you went to the mikvah, it's based off whether the mikvah was full or not. So there, let the Chazakah speak regarding the mikvah. His mamish, the Tzitzit Rosh, is not using these Achrinosh terminology, he's not explaining himself, but the, 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 the expression is screaming this Yisei, the Reb Shimon. So it's just a rush. It's mamish, uh, a massive raya to the Shari Yesha. I don't think that the, the Reb Shimon had a Tzitzit Rosh Anida. I think that came out after Reb Shimon's time. But it's mamish, 
this is this is this is a massive raya for Shimon. Now this is all one approach to address why Cheskas Aguf goes ahead and speaks stronger to address any suffix than Cheskas Hadin. There is another approach here which I brought you from Rebbe Chonon in Source Eleven. Rebbe Chonon's in Kivit Shirun Ksuvis Isreish Samechei. So Rebbe Chonon says that the whole concept of Chazaka is that we assume that things didn't change. There's a status quo. And whatever we know to be true with Vade beforehand, we're going to assume that that remained. And if something changed, we'll assume that the smallest, the littlest change happened that had to have had happened. Why would we assume something major happened if the whole, there's a concept of Chazaka which says don't make assumptions that things changed. The base, there's something called inertia. Things stay the same. Something changed that you have to prove. If you don't prove it, then we assume nothing changed. If something had to change, then it was the smallest change as possible. That's Rebbe Chanan's principles regarding Chazaka. Now, if that's true, let's talk about a Cheskas Haguf versus a Cheskas Adin. In the world of a Cheskas Haguf, so... Or let's say in the world of Cheskadin, let's go back to our case of mikvah. A guy goes into the mikvah, right? So we have two options. He was tummy going in at 9 o'clock. The mikvah we know was full at 5 and it was empty at 12. So now, we have a suffix. What was the status of the mikvah at 9 o'clock? So the Cheskas Adin would tell me that the mikvah changed quite dramatically. The mikvah used to be full and now it's it's lacking. It's not totally full anymore. It's lacking 40 so. So there... That's a big change from the status quo. Whereas, if we're going to say that there was a Cheskas Aguf, the Cheskas Aguf would tell me that the mikveh actually was still full at 9 o'clock. There was very little change. And therefore, says Rav Chonin, that's the reason why the Cheskas Aguf is more of a hachro, because the Cheskas Aguf assumes a smaller amount of change at the time of the Shaila being asked. And therefore, that's a more... Chazaka, that's more of a chazaka. That's more of a means of establishing a status quo. And since that's the concept of chazaka, the more you could retain this, the status quo, the more advantageous that is. Similarly, we have a knife, right? So one thing is that we could we have all these animals that are also to eat. We know that the guy took a knife and shechted him. We know that after all of this happened, the knife had a blemish in it. So when he was shechting it, did that blemish exist or not? If we assume the Cheskas Adin, that there stayed or remained also to eat, so then we're going to assume that there was a change in the knife. Whereas, if we're going ahead and saying that the Cheskas Aguf is what's speaking, the assumption is that the blemish didn't happen at the time of the Shechitas Abahima. Therefore, if the Shaila is only what happened at the time of the Shechitas Abahima, the Cheskas Aguf will say that keep your inertia, keep your status quo, assume that nothing changed. And therefore, if we're assuming nothing changed, all those animals are going to be kosher. So who had in here by us? We have a suffix, whether or not the Aishas the clean was, had relations, the Cheskas Adin will tell us that she's Kshiva the Kahuna. That means that it happened Tachtav. Enotachtav, I'm sorry. But that means that there was a big change here. That before betrothal, there had to be that she lost her Basulam already. Aye, but the last we know, when she was born, she had Basulim. That's a big change. But if, if we assume it was Tachtav, that means at the time of betrothal, that, that what? That nothing changed. That we know that she still had a Basulim. And therefore, that's a preferable means of Chazaka, because it's a Chazaka which keeps the status quo for longer. That's the concept of Rebbe Chanan. So there are two different ways to explain why a Chazaka Saguf 
beats out a cheskas kashas, according to Reb Shimon, because it addresses the Makora Safik more than the cheskas adindas. And according to Rebbe Chonin, the concept is that it allows the Chazaka to be more muchzak. It allows the status quo to retain its status longer. So that's going to be where we end off today. Oh Hashem, we had the Yisod and the Shavya Nafshei, the Ketuz, the Chumas Akri, two massive Yisodis and the Cheskas Aguf versus the Cheskas Adin. Um, Shimon's already alluded to in the Rishonim. And Mitzvah Hashem, we'll get back to these other Marmakimas. The other Marmakimas they had here, just basic. Uh, Ideas when it comes to the concept of how Sveik Sveika allows a heter, what's the heter, what's the basis of the heter of a Sveik Sveika? And we have to see the next day, so we'll see you